If you have your Bibles, if you got your Bibles, can we do this first before we get started? Can we just hold these up together? How many of you know His Word is truth and His Word is life? Amen. His Word is truth. His Word is life. And so let's just pray. Father, we open our hearts to receive Your Word to us today. Lord, we want to hear You. We want to know You more. And so we submit ourselves to You. Holy Spirit, teach us the things that You have for each one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Well, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And we are continuing this series that we've been in for the past several weeks called Hearing God's Voice. Hearing God's Voice. How many of you know God is speaking? Amen. That didn't sound very confident. How many of you know God is speaking? Amen. He is. He is speaking. The question oftentimes is, are we listening or are we in a position to hear what God is speaking to us? And we spent the last few weeks talking about how we can hear God and how one of the primary ways that God speaks to us is through his word and how another way God speaks to us is through the Holy Spirit. And so if you miss those, I want to encourage you to go back, go to our website. You can listen to those messages. But I want to continue talking about hearing God's voice, and we're going to take it from a, a little bit of a, of a different angle. How many of you, like me, have ever thought you heard God and you're like, wait, was that, was that God or was that me? Anybody else? Can we just be honest here? Where, you, where it's like you're praying, maybe you're praying about something specific and, and you have a sense, or maybe you even heard something, or maybe you were in God's word and something jumped out at you, and that's the Holy Spirit speaking, and you're like, okay, was that God or was that me. I want to talk about that today because sometimes, how many of you know the enemy wants nothing more than to keep you in a lack of confidence in hearing God? Because if you can hear God, you can do the things he's called you to do. And if you can hear God speak to you, you can have the things that God has made available to you. Amen. And so there is an adversary that wants nothing more than to cause doubt in your heart, doubt in your mind that that wasn't really God. Did he really say that? That was just your imagination, okay? Anybody else with me this, on this? This is a big question. And so I want to talk about what Scripture says. I want to talk about what the Bible says here. And we're going to break this down a little bit. And um, if you are new, especially if you are new to following the Lord, I, I really believe this is an important message because I think it breaks down and gives an, helps with our understanding of how do we tap in more to what God is speaking? How do we receive what God has for us? And so I want to start in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and I want to start at verse 9. We actually went into the scripture last week, and uh, I saw some of, our, uh, some of the people that I follow on the Bible app. I saw people highlighting this one. It's a good one. Keep doing that. But 2 Corinthians, starting at verse 9, we're going to read through verse 12. It says, but as it is written... I has not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not only the, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us 
by God. I want, I want us to notice this out of verse 11 this morning. It says, For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? And so we see that this, these verses, they tell us two things. They tell us, number one, your spirit, there is a spirit part of you that is not discernible by the natural man. You, you, you can't really, people can't get to it. It can only be discerned spiritually. But there's this spirit part of you that is inside of you. But then there is also, it also tells us that God's spirit knows the things that are inside of God. So our spirit knows what's inside of us. God's spirit knows what's inside of God. How many of you know God knows everything about everything, right? We can all, most people have no problem agreeing on that. God knows everything about everything. He is omniscient, meaning he is all-knowing. And the Holy Spirit knows the things that are inside of God. And so how many of you know, and we talked about this last week, when the Holy Spirit will speak to you, it could be about anything, right? Right? Because he knows everything about everything. But how many of you know your spirit knows what's inside of you? Your spirit knows what's inside of you. In other words, how are you going to find out about what's inside of you except through your spirit? For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man? Notice, which is in him. How many of you know your spirit is inside of you? Your spirit is inside of you. Now, what do we mean by your spirit? You know, we hear terms like, you know, there's oftentimes confusion between your heart, your soul, your, your spirit. And we kind of use those terms interchangeably. And, and we'll even hear things, right? We, we're kind of, there's this Disney generation where we hear things like, follow your heart right? And it sounds so whimsical. It sounds so natural. It's like, yes, like let all your dreams come true type thing. But how many of you know, if we've learned anything from his word, whatever we do, we should not follow our heart. Jeremiah 17, 9 says, the heart is deceitful above all things, meaning it will lie to you. It will tell you things that you think you want, but it's actually not what's best for you. It is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked, who can know it? In other words, your heart will constantly change its mind. It is, un, it is wavering. It is not balanced. It's not secure. It's not something you can build your life on. Proverbs 14, 12 says, There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. There are things that seem right, but the end is destruction. And so the Bible doesn't teach us that we should be led by our hearts. How many of you know the Bible teaches us we should be led by his spirit? We good? Don't be led by your heart. No, the Bible says, no, be led by the spirit, the spirit of God. And so think about this. The knowledge of who you've been called to be. The knowledge of of who you've been called to be or what you've been called to do, the things of, that God has for you, it's not naturally inside of you. The things that God has for your life, the purpose that God has for your life is inside of God. And when we begin to pray and we begin to seek him and spend time with him, him he begins to show us the things that he has for us. Amen? That's why the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, in other words, don't do what you can come up with. Don't just do the things that you think on the inside. It says, acknowledge him in all your ways and he will direct your path. Listen, we need to trust God, not our heart. 
Amen? We need to trust God, not our heart. But sometimes we get confused between spirit, soul, and heart. And if we don't you know the difference, we just, be, we just use them interchangeably like they're all the same thing. But how many of you know we can clarify the difference because it talks about the difference in God's word? And so I want to look at Hebrews 4.12. God's word shows us the difference between these. Hebrews 4.12 says, the word of God. Everybody say the word of God. What is this talking? Is this talking about scripture? This is talking about the Bible, yeah? The word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Notice, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit. Piercing even to the division of of soul and spirit. Well, we use those so often interchangeably, but how many of you know God's word is so clear? It is so precise. It is so specific, so accurate that it will literally divide between even your soul and your spirit. So the Bible is not using those two words interchangeably just to sound good. Right? It's like, oh, well, we can't just say soul because it sounds that. Let's just add the word and spirit just to make it sound good, right? How many of you know that's not what the Bible's doing? No, there is a difference between our soul and spirit. The word soul in the Greek is the word suke. Suke. Does that sound like something? Psyche, right? It sounds like our English psyche. The soul is our mind, will, and emotions. Our mind, our will the things that we naturally want, the things that our physical body wants. The word spirit is the Greek word pneuma, and the word heart is the Greek word cardia. You don't need to memorize those. It's okay. What I'm trying to get at is that the Bible does not use these words interchangeably. There is a specific to this that we should know about. And so God uses these words very interchangeably. Now listen to what Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 3. Peter's speaking to women. He says, do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. apparel. Rather, let it be, notice this, the hidden person of the heart. The hidden person of the heart. With the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. And so Peter is talking here about more than just about having beauty, not just on the outside, but having a beauty on the inside. But notice verse four, it says the hidden person of the heart. How many of you know if there is a hidden person of the heart, there's also a not so hidden person of the heart. And sometimes that's what we see. That's kind of what makes us us, right? When something happens and, and we snap back with some attitude or we have, we're having a down day or, or there's things. There's those obvious things that we can see people and we can see what they're feeling. We can see what they're thinking, right? You can almost, you can discern it. You can see it. But here is talking about the hidden person of the heart. How many of you know if you have problems on the inside today, you can go to someone called a psychiatrist or a psychologist, right? A psychiatrist or a psychologist. And they are there to address the psyche part of you, the soul part of you, the mind, the will, and the emotions. How many of you know they are trained to observe the natural part of you? That there is a natural part that they can tap into they can find that suke part of you, but how many of you know they cannot find the spirit part of you? There are things that they cannot address. 
There's this whole part of you, which is actually the, the eternal part of you, the most important part of you, that spirit part of you cannot be addressed in the natural. It can only be addressed in the spirit. And so we just read in 1 Corinthians 2, right? We just read saying that the spiritual man is not discernible, but the natural man is discernible. So psychiatrists or psychologists are trained to understand your psyche, your mind, your will, your emotions. But what they don't have the tools to do is to check on your spirit because the spirit is the hidden person of the heart. Are you guys with me? But listen, listen, there is a way to discern your spirit. What's going on in your spirit, the hidden person of the heart? Listen, the word of God is powerful, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit. How many of you know there is a way to discern what is happening in the spirit? So you might be thinking, well, listen, I, I'm going through life and this is just what, what's going on on the inside. This is just the, the things that I'm feeling. But how many of you know there's multiple things that you're feeling? There's multiple things going on in you. There's the soul part of you. There's, there's the heart. There's, but then there's the spirit part of you, the real you. And your spirit is the hidden person. And it takes the word of God to show you what your spirit does distinct from your soul. And so what I want to talk about today, and I'm just kind of laying the groundwork, but what I want to talk about today is how God will use your, your spirit to lead you and to teach you. How God will use your spirit. Now here's something that we have to understand. When you are born again, your spirit is what's reborn. Right? You, when you were born into this world, you were born into a world of sin and you were born into a world where you were separated from God. Your spirit was dead. Okay? Every one of us, when you were born, your spirit was dead on the inside. But when you gave your life to the Lord, the Bible says that you are reborn. In other words, your spirit is back to life. Okay? But when you're, when you're a new believer or you were just born again, how many of you know your spirit is like a baby spirit, right? It doesn't know all the things that it should know. It doesn't, we just got a, a new puppy and I'm telling you, this dog does not know what it's supposed to be doing. Like it's checking out all the things and it's finding all the things that are lying on the floor and all these things that, that our older dog doesn't get into, our well-behaved dog doesn't get into, but the, the younger dog doesn't know anything. So it's, it's pulling all the things out of our drawers. It's taking my shoes and hiding them. There's all these puppy behaviors because it just hasn't gone. It's not a grown-up puppy. It hasn't been trained yet. And so when you're a new believer, how many of you know your spirit is born again? It is alive in Christ Jesus. Amen? But there's so much growing that your spirit has yet to do. Now, here's the, interesting, the other interesting thing about the spirit, your spirit. Your spirit, when you walk with the Lord, will grow and grow, and grow, and grow. Indefinitely. It will get larger. It will get bigger. It will get stronger. That's why Paul says, don't put all your effort into training your physical body because your physical body is going to perish. It's just, but for a minute, if you're going to train anything, train your spirit. Train your spirit, that hidden person. The spirit is what lives forever. Are you guys with me? And so your spirit is to grow and mature indefinitely. And so that's why someone who maybe just gave their life to the Lord, 
they might say something like, I don't feel any different. I'm thinking all the same things that I used to think before. How many of you know, when you are born again, your mind did not necessarily get saved. Your mind isn't reborn. Your intentions, your emotions are not reborn. What is reborn? Your spirit. Your spirit has been born again. And that's why so many new believers, they're still thinking the same old stuff. They're still doing some of the same old stuff. But here's the good news. When you are born again, even though you might have some of the same impulses, the same tendencies, how many of you know the Lord is working on you on the inside in that spirit part? And there's all of a sudden, there's now this conflict. Welcome to the club. There is this conflict that begins to take place on the inside. And all of a sudden, the things that you used to do, because you're born again and your spirit is now alive, you're like, I don't think I should be doing that anymore. And there's this conflict that begins to arise and things that you used to not feel bad about. Now you're like, I shouldn't, I shouldn't talk like that. I shouldn't do that. What is that? That's the spirit that's been reborn on the inside. That is that, that, and that the Lord is using that to teach you how to go through life. And so that bad feeling, it's a good thing because there's now a part of you that is alive in Christ Jesus that, listen, wants nothing more than to be right with God. Your flesh wants to do what it wants. Your flesh wants gratification. Your flesh wants to be pleased. Your flesh wants to be comfort. But how many of you know your spirit wants nothing more than to be right with God? Because it's reborn. It was dead, but it's been raised to life. Praise Jesus. And so some people think that when you feel bad about something on the inside, that it's the Holy Spirit that is the one that convicts us, right? Like I, I feel bad and I feel like the Holy Spirit is convicting me not to do this. But I want you to listen to what Jesus says in John 16, verse eight. Jesus says, and when he, talking about the Holy Spirit, when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment, concerning sin because they do not believe in me. Listen, the Holy Spirit's job is not to convict you. The Holy Spirit's job is to draw all men to the Lord. The Holy Spirit is the one who convicts the world of the sin of not believing and following Jesus. If the Holy Spirit was not here, how many of you know no one would be drawn to Jesus? The Holy Spirit is the one that brings us to the Lord, the one, the one who convicts us on the inside. And so the Holy Spirit convicts the world of sins. And many times we think that conviction on the inside is from the Holy Spirit, but it's actually the ever-growing, born-again spirit inside of you that is bringing conviction. Everybody with me so far? Okay. Now I had you turn to Proverbs 20. And this is why I had you turn there. I want to show you how this works. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 27. If you are highlighting, highlight this verse. Proverbs 20, verse 27 says, The spirit of a man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the inner depths of his heart. I'm going to read it again because it's short. The spirit of a man, everybody say spirit of a man, is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the inner depths of his heart. Notice the spirit of the man, 
that spirit, that hidden person on the inside, that alive, born-again part of you is a lamp of the Lord. So what this is saying is that God has placed our spirit inside of us so that he can use it to search us on the inside. Well, what does our spirit search out? It search out, searches our heart. It searches our, our mind, our will, emotions, our intents, our deceptions. How many of you know God knows our heart? And he does it through the lens of our spirit. Now listen to Psalm 119, verse 130. These go hand in hand. Psalm 119, verse 130 says, the entrance of your words, talking about God's word, the entrance of your words gives light. And it gives understanding to the simple. So listen, your spirit is a lamp and God's word gives light. Your spirit is a lamp and God's word gives light. How many of you know you can have a lamp at home, but unless you plug it in, it's not going to work, right? It doesn't matter how nice of a lamp it is. It doesn't matter how expensive it was. If that lamp is not plugged in, it will not give light. How many of you know we must be plugged into the source so that we can shine? So that we can bring, allow, allow that light to shine. And so when you were born again, it was because you heard the good news of the word of God. Listen, you gave your life to the Lord because someone told you, spoke the word of God. What did that word do? It brought light on the inside that I need him. And then when you received him, you were born again. And so when you have received Jesus, light comes on the inside every time you hear the word of God. Is it, is this, this is why it's so important that we read our Bibles every day. This is why it's so important that we come to church regularly. Why? Because light comes through his word. And, there, and we are in a time, you guys know, we, we know this. We are in a time where there is more confusion, more confusion on what do I do? How do I conduct myself? What do I believe? How many of you know God's word talks about all these things? But we need, we need to allow his word to come in to shine light on the inside so that we know how to be led by him. And so the word of God, if we continue with the example of the lamp, it is like electricity to the lamp. The word of God is like electricity. How many of you have dimmers in your house, right? And as you turn up the dimmer, it increases the current or the amount of electricity and your room, that light begins to shine brighter. The more you bring the word of God in, the more you begin, things begin to brighten up on the inside and the more your spirit will begin to show you the adjustments and things that needs to happen. You know, there's some places like a, a movie theater. We have some people that used to work in a movie theater here, right? And have you ever noticed like when you first get into a theater, it's like, oh, it's nice and very comfortable, relaxing, dim lights and, you know, just really nice. But have you ever seen all the lights turn on and all of a sudden you, you realize all the filth and gunk that surrounds you, right? You see the leftover candy that's been melted to the seat next to you. You see the popcorn spilt all over the floor, right? When it's dim and when it's dark, yeah, things aren't so bad. But the light comes on and you're like, oh, this is, 
this is disgusting. Like, I don't want to touch anything, right? And you're just kind of like trying to enjoy your movie, not touching anything, right? See, when you are born again and you begin to ingest God's word, how many of you know the light inside gets brighter and brighter? When the light, when you're born again, that light shines on the inside and things get brighter and brighter. And what happens is you begin to see the things that are stuffed in the corners of your heart. You begin to see the mess of your life, the things that you push to the side, the things that you've tucked down, the things that you, when, before you were born again, you didn't even know they were there. You didn't know how messed up your life was until you were born again and the light started shining on the inside. And then all of a sudden you start realizing, man, I got to start cleaning things up a little bit. I can't talk the way that I used to talk. That thing, that stuff is dirtying up my heart. That's dirtying up my life. I, 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 can't, I can't be with some of the same people maybe that I used to be with. Why? Because they're, 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 they're adding to that gunk and the junk that's in my life. You see, when we start to see as the light comes in, uh, in on the inside, it's not the Holy Spirit convicting you. It's the light coming in that shows you what's not right. And so what do we do when we realize we got some things to clean up? Well, what does the Bible say to do? Confess your sins. Confess your sins and he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and what? And cleanse us of all unrighteousness. How many of you know the light coming in on the inside, even though your flesh doesn't like it, by the way, your flesh wants what it wants. It doesn't want to change. It doesn't want to make the adjustments. But as the word of God comes, it brings light on the inside. And it starts to show us the things that we need to clean up the things that we need to bring to the Lord and allow him to bring cleansing to our lives. Amen. And so this is so often why new, new believers, people who just gave their life to the Lord, they aren't convicted about some of the things that maybe people that have been walking with the Lord for a long time are. Right? There are things, if, if, if you've been walking with the Lord for a long time, how many of you know you've had a lot of opportunity for the Lord to begin to shine the light on the inside? To show you the things that need to get cleaned up in your life. But we have to be careful with new believers because we don't want to just jump on them. We want to encourage them. No, let's get in the word. Let's begin to allow that light to shine to, so God can show you how to walk with him, how to be with him, how to live with him. Amen. And so this is a way that God leads us through his word. God routes his word through our spirit and what? Light comes. Light comes. This is why your spirit is so key. This is why it's so important, because if the Holy Spirit was the one that was convicting us, think about this, the Holy Spirit knows everything about everything. If the Holy Spirit was the one convicting us, we would collapse under everything we would get wrong. How many of you know God's intention is not to crush you? He's a, he's a gentle shepherd. His goal is to lead you into green pastures to bring life to your situation. And if he would just do it all at once, it would destroy us. But how many of you know he is so gentle that he brings his word into our heart and he begins to brighten things up on the inside. And as our spirit grows and becomes stronger, isn't, isn't that what Paul writes about? Let your spirit, we, we grow our spirit to the point where it's no longer our flesh that dominates our spirit, but our spirit begins to dominate our flesh where we are now living a way that is right with God. We are living in a way that honors God. Why? Because I've got so much of his word that I've strengthened my spirit to the point where 
my flesh must yield to the things that are right before the Lord. And so this is how God speaks to us through our spirit. And so listen, you may be going through life and some, maybe you're praying about things. I bet, I believe this. I believe that as we've been talking about hearing God's voice, some of you have very intentionally been spending time in God's word and you've been hearing God speak to you. Some of you have been, maybe asked the Lord questions and you've been praying and seeking him and the Holy Spirit's been speaking to you. And listen, there are other voices, especially when you're starting out, there are other voices that are coming from your, from your heart. There's other voices that are coming from your soul, your mind, your will and emotions. But listen, but your spirit will be speaking and remind you what you've learned about God and his word. Okay? You guys with me? Your spirit will remind you the things that you've learned in God's word. And so this is absolutely one of the ways that God, we can say, well, that's not God speaking. It absolutely is God speaking to you. God speaks to us through his word. And when our spirit reinforces that, that is God speaking. So one of the things that my wife and I, we, we kind of will fight about sometimes is we, we, like our, we like to eat ice cream from time to time. And I'll be scooping it. And I'll notice one has a little bit more than the other, right? And I'm like, I want, I want the one with more, right? I want, I want the little extra. I'm a little bigger, right? I, I've got the little extra height. I need more, right? But there's this part of me on the inside that's, that's like, no, prefer the other. Well, what is that? That's not just me being a nice guy. There's a work that the Lord has done on the inside, on my spirit, that, that gives me compassion and love and humbles myself towards others, <laughs> right? There's a work that the Lord does in us. And as, our, as his word comes in, it strengthens our spirit to the point where he reminds us of the things that he has said. This is one of the primary ways that God speaks to us. One of the primary ways that God will lead us. And so we cannot underestimate how important it is to pay attention to what our spirit is speaking to us, bringing the light of God's word into our situation. And we can say, the enemy will say, well, that's not God. It is God. It's his word brightening things up on the inside and allowing us to make the changes, reminding us of what he has said. Your flesh will always want to compromise. If there's a part of you that wants to compromise, it is your flesh but there will be the spirit part of you that is born again that will remind you of what God has said, will remind you of the promises that he's made to you, will remind you of the plans that he has for your life. It will remind you of the promises of healing and restoration. Are you guys with me? This is, the, this is your spirit that has been trained up, that has been brightened up by the word of God, the very power of God. And as our spirit is strengthened, we can overcome. You see, God leads us by speaking through the voice of our spirit. Amen. The voice of our spirit. This is why it's so important to be tuned into God's word. We don't just talk about reading our Bibles just because it's a religious thing to do. It's God's word to us. It's, we started this whole thing. It's life. It is true. It brightens things on the inside. And all of a sudden, there's now this conflict on the inside, but if we, uh, if we allow ourselves to, to not give in to the flesh, but to do the things that he's asked us to do, it is strengthening our spirit on the inside. 
to the point where our flesh doesn't even have a chance. This is how God changes us and grows us. Listen, you want to know when you spend eternity with him, your spirit is what shows up. Your big, massive, grown spirit, your body will be raised up in the last day, but it is your spirit that will live with him forever. So listen, if you are going to invest in anything, I'm all for being healthy. I'm all for fitness. But how many of you know the most important thing you can do is to strengthen your spirit with God's word? To come into atmospheres like this where we just open the word, we allow him to feed us, to brighten things up, to reveal things to us because it brightens up our lives and causes us to live differently. This is how we hear the Lord. This is one of the ways we hear the Lord. We hear God through his word. We hear God through his spirit, but he also speaks to us through the voice of our spirit that is constantly being grown in Christ Jesus. Amen. It's so important. So let us give our time to what's most important, not to the things that just don't matter. All the things of this life, there's so many distractions, so many things that will try to get you off. May we be people who are submitted to him and do what he says. Well, let's go ahead and stand together. I'm going to pray us out here. I'm going to pray a blessing over, over, over everybody. Can, so can we do that? So can we just lift our hands to the Lord and let's just receive from him. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you that your word is living. It is active. It is powerful piercing even to the division of soul and spirit. Lord, I pray that you would make your voice so clear in this place today. Lord, that we would know that we would know that, Lord, when when we come to your word, when we are spending time with you in prayer, we would know your voice because we've already been spending time allowing it to bring light to our life. Lord, reveal yourself to us. Continue to speak to us. Lord, I pray for every word that has been spoken. Lord, that you would encourage hearts in this place, that every heart would be encouraged. Lord, that you are speaking, that we do hear you. Your word says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Lord, you have called us as believers to be people who can hear your voice, to be led by you. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that we don't need to be overcome by the darkness, that we don't need to be overcome by confusion. Lord, that we don't need to be overcome by the lies that the enemy would try to bring and whisper into our ears. Lord, that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Lord, let your word be true in each of our lives. Lord, let your word be the foundation, Lord. Let it bring life and and liberty in Jesus' name. Oh, Lord, that you would continue to speak to us. And Lord, I rebuke the enemy that would seek to devour the word that has been spoken to us. That would say that wasn't really God or that was just a feeling. No, Lord, you are true. And let every other thing be a liar. Lord, let your word be true and every other thing a liar. Lord, your word is truth. And so, Lord, when when you speak to us through your word, when you speak to us by your spirit, when you speak to us through the voice of our spirit, Lord, let us be confident that it is you. And we choose to follow you today. Strengthen us by your power, by your spirit, 
to, to walk these things out. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 How many of you know God has a word for you? Amen. He has words for you. He wants to lead you. So let's not be slack. Let's not be lazy. There, people are unnecessarily being taken out and taken for granted by the adversary because we don't know how to hear the Lord. And he wants it to be so simple. Just be with me. Be in my word. Some of you aren't tuned. You're not tuned into the right voices. You're listening to, you're listening to the world. You're listening to everybody else. Listen to what God says. Listen to his word and you'll hear them better and better. Amen? All right. Hey, we love you guys. We love you guys. Let's do this before you dismiss. Tell a few people around you. It's so good to see them. And then if you need prayer for anything, I would love to pray with you up here. But you are dismissed. God bless.